0: Hello everyone and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Mon Reyes, I'm a youth missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, we'll talk about prayer. Specifically, we want to ask the question, if God knows everything, then why do I have to pray? Our partner for today's episode of Not So Secular is Feast Books. Our good friends from Feast Books have reached out to me if I could do an episode on prayer. And so here we are. They have also asked to promote one of their books called Dedeke. Dedeke is a daily devotional. What that means is that it provides a reading for every day of the year to help in your regular prayer and meditation. It is a collection of reflections from different lay people. These are ordinary guys like you and me based on the mass readings of that day. Didache is good, taken alone, but in my personal opinion, it is better when partnered with Companion and Sabbath, also from Feast Books. Companion contains the mass readings itself, and Sabbath also contains reflections and teachings, but this time from priests. We'll have a link available to all these in the description. And so, with all that said, let's get started. One part of belonging to a spiritual community is being part of a small group. What are small groups? Small groups is what happens after the big gathering, oftentimes. So after the big gathering, the Sunday, it usually happens on a Sunday, after the preaching, after the mass, or after whatever sort of event there may be, we are encouraged to be a part of a smaller group. Thus, the name. And what this would look like is there would be about six, seven, eight people, sometimes less, sometimes more, who would spend time with each other, sometimes over a meal, and share. Share with each other about their experiences share with each other about their reflections, share about what they learned from the talk, or share about how their week has gone. And over time, as the weeks go by, as you meet consistently, you begin to know each other more. You begin to grow as friends. And that is the idea of it. So that as part of the bigger community, you have a smaller group of people that you walk with, that you journey with. And different ministries, different Groups have different names for these things. Some call them D-groups, as in discipleship groups. Some call them connect groups. But the idea, the main idea is the same. It's a small group where you get to know people and you get to share. Before, in the youth ministry, this is one of the things that we used to do. We used to organize our sharing into six aspects. Now, this is something that we don't do anymore. And now, looking back, I'm not so sure if it's such a good idea to do. But, you know, it depends on the situation. So, these six aspects that we would share are family, friends, school or work, depending on where you are in your life, service, prayer life, and love life. Now, here's the thing that would happen. Everyone was excited for the love life part. And everyone was dodging the prayer life part. And you know, think about it. If you're a young person, if you're part of the youth ministry, you would be excited to to talk about your love life, right? Whether that love life is something that's there to stay or not. But that's a topic for a different day. But, but that's the thing, right? Everyone was dodging the prayer life part because one of the things that I would often hear and one of the things that I would even say sometimes is that I, I was struggling, you know, I often heard people share about how they're struggling with their prayer time. Struggling to be trying to be consistent. And the idea behind this is because as part of a community, we're encouraged to connect with God on a regular basis. Not just wait for the Sunday to meet with God, but to incorporate our our alone time with the Lord in our daily life, even. That is something that's encouraged. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complex. It could just be five to ten minutes of your time connecting with God. Because the thing is, us, our, our relationship with God is something that's personal. Our relationship with God is something that has to be owned. Yes, we are part of a big family. Yes, we are part of a spiritual family, a spiritual community. But God wants to talk to you personally as well. And that's part of it, that we listen to Him and that helps us orient our days. And so that was something that was encouraged, encouraged in the ministry, encouraged as part of the community. But that's the thing. I always heard people talk about how they struggle with their prayer time. And I'd like to start with that. I'd like to start with the obvious, that yes, it is a struggle. I've heard different people share about this, and share their stories, share their experiences, share how they've been trying and sometimes failed or sometimes felt like they succeeded, and all of these different things that I've heard from different people over the years of serving. Some are unsure how it works, while others are unsure if it even works. And one of those might be your struggle as well. So the encouragement that I would like to begin with here is that you are not alone in this. If that's you, if you're someone who is a bit unsure about this, who is a bit uncertain or a bit discouraged because you've tried in the past and yet it doesn't seem like it's falling into place, well, even the people who strive to pray do struggle with it at times. And in fact, when we look to the Bible, when we look to Scripture, one of the ways that prayer is described is as a battle. In Colossians 4.12, Paul says, Epaphras, your fellow citizen, sends his greeting. This servant of Christ Jesus never stops battling for you, praying that you will never lapse, but always hold perfectly and securely to the will of God. In more common translations, it uses the word wrestling. Wrestling in prayer for you. Either way, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, Wrestling is not something that you think of as easy. It's not something that's convenient. That's the thing. That's the point, right? And I think for us to be able to do this, it helps for us to have a certain level of understanding first. Why? Why do we even pray in the first place? Does it even do anything? Isn't this just some sort of coping mechanism for religious people? That's maybe what someone from the outside would think of or say about prayer. That can be a very real question for some people, especially if you're from the outside looking in, or if you've... Prayed for something important in the past that didn't come to pass, that maybe have remained unanswered. Now, the thing about prayer is that we're coming from different perspectives here. We have certain people who are devout and practicing, they have sort of a direct line with the Lord. In James, in the book of James, it says that the heartfelt prayer of a good man works powerfully. And so the prayer of a righteous man is indeed powerful. So there are those kinds of people, the people who are already into it and maybe wants to grow deeper into it or is exploring the Lord in these different um, different depths that they could go toward. Now, there, there's a second perspective, you know, of people who understand that, yes, okay, I know it's important, but I don't really get to do it a lot. These people are often people who were raised in a Catholic family, maybe brought to a Catholic school even. You acknowledge it enough But it doesn't affect you that much. It was just something that you did as a family. You know, during November, you just went to the cemetery and prayed for your family members. During Christmas, you would celebrate with each other. Before you eat a meal, you would pray. It was just something that was a part of your life, but maybe you haven't really thought about that much. Or maybe hasn't affected you that much, aside from those times when you would take the time to do that. Or maybe you belong to this third category of people who... Maybe prayer is just not a part of your life. Maybe it's, it's, it's just something that you don't do. Maybe you don't do it on purpose or you don't do it by default because it's just it's just something that you've never found value in. In any case, whether you identify with any of these or you're someone in between, I hope you find this valuable, this episode. And so let's go back to our question. Why do we pray? And to answer this, I'd like to raise two sub-questions that will help us have a description of prayer for our understanding. The first sub-question to help us understand this bigger question of why do we pray is this. What is prayer in the first place? So John Damascene has this saying about prayer. This is quoted in the Catechism also. He said, Prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. In the Catechism, it also says that prayer is a vital and personal relationship with the living and true God. And that's an insight into how we could look at prayer. You see, this is is an important clarification to make. Prayer is not a magic formula for getting what you want. You don't pray for a certain thing in a certain way and then it's guaranteed that for sure God's gonna God's gonna grant you that prayer because you did follow the rules or you follow the instructions or something like that no prayer is not a magic formula prayer is not some sort of magic spell that helps things fall into place it's, it's not like that it's not about declaring something to the universe it's not the secret it's not the law of attraction it's not manifesting these, these are not Christian prayers But rather, prayer is not about stuff. Prayer is about people. Prayer is about God, our Father, and us, His children. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. This is one of the reasons why it's nearly impossible to measure or assess prayer scientifically because we're not just observing laws of physics or biology. Even psychology doesn't apply here because God doesn't fit into any of the categories we've established in these fields. We can't have a control group and an experimental group because God is not something or phenomenon to be understood. No, he is someone to be known. He is a being, he has his own will, and he can always choose not to cooperate and have perfectly good reasons for it. Because you see, God answers all prayers. It's just that sometimes he says no. And we can trust that when he does so, it's for our own good. Again, the first description, prayer is God's invitation to relationship. There is a cliche that is often said when someone is asked about relationship tips. And that is that the key to good relationships is communication. Now, of course, we agree with that. You're supposed to communicate. You're supposed to talk. You're supposed to dialogue with people that you care about, whether that's a significant other or a friend of yours. That's very important. But it also helps to think about it in the context of our relationship with God. The same goes with our relationship with God. Prayer. Is when we spend time with God. And isn't it like that? Hindi baga na nyun? Pag mahalaga sa binibigyan mo ng oras. We make time for what matters to us. We make time for who matters to us. Now, think about this for a moment. Do you have those moments when you see something happen and it immediately reminds you of someone you know? You know, and you imagine what it would be like if that person was there. Usually when, when this kind of thing happens, we can predict to a certain degree how this person would react. Diba? Like for example, uh, my my greatest example of this is my wife, right? If if I could I could be in a different place with different people doing different things, but when something happens that reminds me of her, I find myself saying something along the lines of alam mo kung nandito si Katya, or alam mo kung nandito si Katya, yun. If Katya was here, she'd love this. If Katya was here, she'd probably say this about that. And that's the thing, the more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know who they are and what they care about. The more you understand their values, their principles, their convictions, how they respond to things, how they view things. And the same thing happens when we pray. The same thing happens when we spend time with the Lord. When we take the time to get to know God, it becomes easier to recognize His voice in our Lives because prayer is not just about something, prayer is about someone. It's not a magic formula, it's an invitation to a relationship. Which then leads us to the second sub question that will help us understand why prayer matters. The second sub question is this Does God need our prayer? What do you think? What do you think is the answer? to this. And if you've listened to episode 9, you probably already know because this is something that we've talked about already in the past. Or at least the same theme is is something that was brought up already in the past. When we talked about uh, when we asked the questions, does God need our worship? Does God need our attention? Does God need our adoration? Why do we do all of these sorts of things? Why do we take the time to serve him and to come up with all of these grand gatherings, grand celebrations? Is that something that God needs? And the answer to that is no, because he is all-powerful, because he is all-knowing, because he is all-good, because he and himself is already full. God doesn't need our prayer, and yet he asks us to pray. And so think about it. He doesn't need it, and yet he asks us to do it. And if God really is all-knowing and all-good, then that must mean that in a sense, the value of prayer is not for him. It's actually for us. Does prayer really change things? The answer is yes. And the first thing it changes is you. Let's go back to our previous example, about, about being good friends with someone and knowing what they're like. Do you notice how when two people spend so much time with each other that they begin to look and act alike? Yung yung sinasabi natin, lagi silang magkasama, nagiging magkamukha na sila. They begin to pick up each other's mannerisms and choice of words. They begin to share their humor along with all sorts of inside jokes. And yung hirap, mate, sa pagwapasok sa barkada na established na eh. Meron silang mga sarili na lang inside jokes na hindi ka maka-catch up with. They sometimes even begin to sound alike. That's what happens when you spend so much time with a certain group of people or with a certain someone even. And this is where, where the saying comes from. That what we have the saying, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Because that's the thing. When we when we spend time with each other, we rub off of one another. And, and that's just natural when it comes to our human relationships. But again, let's, let's take this further and try to view our relationship with God in a, in a, in a parallel way. The more we spend time with God, the more we can become like Him. When we listen to His word and follow in His ways, we become more conformed to His will. There will be times when God will solve your problems. When we pray for something. Pray for something that maybe needs the hand of God to move, needs a miracle. And yes, there will be times when God will will do that. When, when God will send something and something will happen or someone will come that will actually help us in what we're dealing with at the time. So there will be times when God will solve your problems, but there will be other times when what He will do instead is change your perspective. And this is why we pray, even though God already knows. Yes, God already knows what we're going to pray about. Yes, God already knows everything, but this is why we pray anyway. Because when we pray, we don't remind God of our problems. We remind ourselves of His presence. And that is why we must be we must be honest in our prayers. We don't just pray the things that we think the Lord wants to hear from us because He already knows what is in our hearts. And when we try to deceive Him and when we try to hide from Him, it's not Him whom we're fooling. It's ourselves. Prayer changes you. Now, here's the thing. Some of you who are listening to this might remain unconvinced. Okay, yeah, that's nice and all. It changes me, but does it actually change things? Does God actually do something? And if he does, can't he do it without me asking for it? like Going back to that idea of, this is, isn't this just some sort of coping mechanism for Christians? But the answer to this, again, ties back to the first episode. This is something we've talked about before. That, yes, God does do things. God does change things. And yes, God can do it on his own. We don't have to tell him. We don't have to remind him as if he doesn't know, as if he's not aware. We don't have to you don't have to list all of these things as if as if God just doesn't care unless we bring it to him. It's not like that. God can do things on his own. And yes, things do change when we pray. But that's the thing. Because he loves us, what he does is he chooses to involve us in the process. So try to imagine a dad building a tree house with his son. Can't the dad build it on his own? Well duh, of course he can. And sometimes when he chooses to involve his son, his son even gets in the way. <laughs> but because he wants his son to learn and because he wants to be with his son, he chooses to involve him in the process. Even though he doesn't need to, even though it, it might be easier if his son wasn't there, but because this is a shared experience for the two of them he chooses to involve his child i have an experience of this with my lolo my grandfather um, he is someone who enjoyed a lot of hobbies he he, he would play tennis he would he was a he was a handyman. He, he was good with his with his hands and with his tools. He would often be the one to fix certain things in the house, and um, he was like that. And one of the things that he enjoyed doing was fishing. See, we came from Malabon, and in Malabon there were all these sorts of private dan, private fishing places (laughs) and uh, and what he would do is he would bring me or one of my brothers along to be with him to join him in fishing and that's the thing you know that is something that he could do on his own that is something that he could do by himself but the thing is he doesn't just want to do it for the sake of doing it he wants to involve us in the process and so he fishes with us and that's something that i've i've experienced, I've witnessed in my life. And that those were the times when I, I also got to hang out with him. We would ride on his motor motorcycle and he would go from one place to another. And my most of my memories with, with my grandfather, we would spend it if, if not at home, we would spend it somewhere else doing something together, whether that's tennis or again, fishing, or or going to a different place, buying something in divisoria or recto. And that was That was how the relationship was formed. And that's the thing. Prayer is God's invitation to partnership. He wants to partner with us. And this is why intercessory is powerful. Intercession is when you pray for someone. Intercede. Okay, so that's why intercession is powerful. Because what happens in intercession when we pray for someone, when we pray for others, is that we partner with the Lord. And we see all sorts of examples of this in Scripture with Abraham interceding for Lot for Sodom and Gomorrah we see Moses interceding for Israel even offering himself we see the Canaanite woman interceding in a sense because he was asking she was asking for something from Jesus and Jesus kind of pushes back not because he, not because he just wants to push back not for the heck of it for the sake of it no he pushes back because he is inviting this woman in further and what happens after the Canaanite woman was was blessed by Jesus is this, the, ne- the next story that we see is Jesus blessing others also, others outside of the Jewish circle, other people who were like the Canaanite woman. And that, that's intentional. That was put one after the other on purpose. Sometimes we think we think um, the two are separate. We have this criticism right? that all you do is pray. You, you just you have to do something. Thoughts and prayers they don't do anything. This is something that happens kapag uh, may crisis here in the pandemic even or when it, when it comes to politics or when it comes to something that's like a tragedy that's happening, maybe a storm hits a certain place. You know all you do is pray, do something about it. That that's that's the first thing that we think about or the first thing that we hear from people. The second thing that some people could fall into also, is we don't have to do anything. God will take care of us. Just trust in the Lord. But you see, both these viewpoints, either the all pray and no work or the all all work and no pray, both these viewpoints are missing the same thing. And that is partnership. We have created this separation in our thinking that it's only just prayer or it's only just work. No, it's it's in reality. It has always been about the working together of God and man. That is why when the Lord Jesus teaches us how to pray, what does he say? He says, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name, may your kingdom come. How? May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer, may your will be done, it's not just, bahala na si Lord, bahala na si Batman, whatever happens, happens, Lord, it's your will. It's not like that, it's not a passive prayer, it's an active prayer. It's, may your will be done in me. And that's something that we see in Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he says, not my will, but yours. He still had to go to the cross. It's not, bahala ka na, Lord. It's, I trust you, Lord. And so I follow. And so I obey. Prayer and action are not separate. Prayer helps you direct your action. And your action helps inform your prayer. Yes, again, God can do all these things on his own but he invites you to take part in the process. He wants to partner with us. And when we do pray, things do change. It does change things. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just magical. I started this off by telling you that it's not a magic formula. It's not just some sort of, some sort of thing that you say. It's not a spell. But when we pray and when we pray well, things do change. Things do happen. And I do believe that there are some things that happened because we prayed. God extends to us that grace. Because when we pray for one another, something happens. I've heard it said like this, that praying for someone is actually one of the most loving things that you could do for them because you don't get to anything in return. God doesn't just want to bring us closer to Him. He wants to bring us closer to one another. That's what prayer is about. Prayer is about relationship and partnership. And there's so much more that we can talk about, but we'll leave it at that for now. What I'd like to do is I'd like to end by inviting you to do it for yourself. Develop a daily habit of prayer. Explore it for yourself. Again, whether you're coming from this perspective of, okay, I have an idea of this already. I want to do this, okay, but I'm struggling with it. Maybe that's you, or maybe you're someone from the outside. and you just don't know what it is, or maybe you haven't even cared what it is. Try it for yourself. Try doing it for yourself. Because I could spend all my day telling you about the history and the concept and the principles of how to ride a bike, but if you don't ride a bike for yourself, you're not going to learn how to ride a bike. Do it. Do it. Incorporate it in your daily life. Again, just like what we mentioned before, spend at least five to ten minutes of alone time with the Lord. It helps if you follow something specific like the rosary or scripture, or in this case, we're actually promoting something from feast books called Dedake, Um, Didache, again, in partnership with Companion and Sabbath, these are good resources for your daily reflection. It comes with certain reflection questions to help you pray, to help you think about these things, to help you meditate based on the Word of God and and aided by reflections of the community of people who are journeying with you through this, in a sense, through the book. And so I'd like to recommend that you go ahead and, and get that maybe you could get that for yourself get that for your friends get that for your family especially now that we're approaching christmas dedicate 2022 is already available we have a link in the description for you to access it. Please use that when you buy it so that we know that you came from here at Not So Secular. (laughs) And uh, I'm actually going to give away some books for free. All you have to do to avail of that is post about this episode. So share about this episode, share my Instagram handle, and maybe you could share about something that was maybe struck you, something that you realized or a question that you have, your reaction, basically. It's up to you what you want to post as long as we get to see it, as 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 long as we get to share it also that's going to be super cool you can also use the link there to buy other books from feast books if there's another book that you're interested in and so with all that said thank you very much for listening all the way through i'll see you next week goodbye